Welcome back to another episode of Five Questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion, and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shape them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been, and who are now where you might aspire to be someday. Today, I share a first on the show with my youngest guests ever. Alana and Jacob Blumenstein are the founders of KidsReadToKids.com, an online community to help children with reading disabilities find the fun in reading and storytelling through a team of volunteers offering popular stories at no cost. Tune in to be inspired. What's up, peeps? Today I have a first ever for the show. Two guests at once featuring their mother as well. And they're my youngest guests. I have Alana and Jacob Blumenstein. They're the brains behind Kids Read to Kids, which inspires and empowers young readers. They're joined here with their mother, Carol, and their mission is to bring joy and confidence back to the struggling reader. Thanks so much for being on. Really, I'm so excited for this. Uh, Carol, we connected on LinkedIn. We exchanged a couple messages. I, you, I think you dropped uh, the, the URL and I went and I was like, wow, this is the most amazing thing ever. Um, watching some of the videos and things like that. So really kind of inspired and motivated me. So I really appreciate you making the connection. And, and, and all three of you, I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah, We're thrilled to be here. Thank You're you. You're so excited to <laughs> <Yeah>. be here. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start just to give a little context to the audience, those tuning in, and, and uh, really like to introduce you. So, Jacob, if you can start with you and give us a, a day in the life of who you are and what makes you tick. Of course, yeah. Um, so, my name is Jacob. Um, I'm 18 years old, and um, I'm really what really drives me is kind of um, making the world a better place through business and kind of learning more about business as well. And so... Um, I'm actually going to um, Ross um, at the University of Michigan next year for my first year of college. And I'm very, very excited because that's just going to be teaching me so much more about my passions. Uh, that's great. And Alana? Hi, <laughs> I'm Alana. I'm 20 years old. I am a creative writing major at Oberlin College. And like Jacob, I'm also passionate about making a difference in the world. But for me, it's through writing. Um, I'm really passionate about writing things that are relatable to kids who struggle in life and writing things that they can see themselves in. So that's my passion. Awesome. And Carol, I know, I, I know you asked me not to focus on you, but I'd love to just, it, it just introduce yourself to the audience and, and, uh, and say hello and a little bit about you. Sure. Um, again, we always want to keep the focus on my kids because they really are uh, the brain shown behind it. But uh, my name is Carol and I grew up um, struggling to learn to read, but I was never diagnosed with anything. And fortunately, I had a mother who really empowered me to believe in myself. And then I went along to have five children, each with their own learning challenges and watching this cycle again, uh, where the kids were struggling in school, where teachers oftentimes misunderstood how hard they were trying. Um, it became a passion for me as a parent to make sure we can empower all children to believe in themselves and also to empower parents to support and be their children's advocate. Great. 
So, so I'd love to kind of get into a little bit of the Q and A, but really, what I'd love to start with is is both of you, the kind of the brainchild behind this, and and really kind of getting out there. How how did this all get started? Tell me a little bit about your journey and how you how the, the maybe how this began. Some of you know your early be, earlier beginnings, and then how we got to where we are today. Right. Um, so like my mom, and as my mom said, um, I struggled immensely in school, um, because I didn't know that I was, um, dyslexic and unfortunately my teachers didn't know either. And so they, um, um, misunderstood my disability, um, for just kind of thinking that I was lazy and stupid. And, and so when they thought those things, I believed them as well. And so I kind of went through school with that low self-esteem, feeling like I was alone in my struggles and um, feeling that like I, I, I wasn't smart. And I was so, so lucky to have a family that supported me and um, guided me. And when I was diagnosed with dyslexia in, sixth, uh, in fifth grade, I was moved over to a school that had better resources and I was challenged, um, but I really, really worked hard to kind of overcome some of the challenges with dyslexia. Um, and then when I entered high school, we kind of had a conversation and we were like, like, I'm so lucky that I had those resources and that support. And there are so many people out there in my exact same position that just aren't as lucky as I am. And so that's kind of where Kids Read to Kids came about, is our way of trying to help other people with, um, who are struggling in school. Right. We really, like Jacob said, and we really asked ourselves what worked for us when we were growing up and in what ways can we give back to that community? And for us, it was listening to stories. Our parents used to read to us every night and um, many people don't know, but listening is the same thing as reading. And for kids who struggle to decode the words on paper, listening makes all the difference. But we realized that not, not all kids have that access um, to a lot of parents' work and not all kids have the ability to listen to stories as often as we did. And we wanted to offer our abridged classic novels. So we have video audiobooks read by a group of high school volunteers, mm -hmm. including us. <laughs> and and um, Yeah, and a lot of our other friends at um, our high school. And that way, um, we can help empower other kids and kind of show them that they're not alone in their struggles and kind of um, be there and, and have a whole range of kids that are, are similar to them, um, kind of guiding them along the way and, and helping them out and teaching them and being there for them. I love the fact that a couple things. One is that you mentioned it's, there are probably so many that feel alone, isolated. You know, like you mentioned, you thought you were, you know, essentially a dumb kid. You know, like, oh, wow, this is me. And it was just the fact that you were kind of being misdiagnosed. Uh, the teacher, you know, unfortunately wasn't educated enough to recognize this in you. So you're going through school kind of, I can't imagine going through that, not only feeling a little bit internally, like sort of getting depressed or you know, unmotivated and, right. and feeling like, wow, I'm not good enough. At fifth grade, I mean, I remember, I'm 42, I remember fifth grade. So it's not like you're, you know, it's like, oh, well, he was really young. You know, we had no impact. I mean, I feel like it probably did impact you for quite a while. So I can't, 
I can't even imagine the struggle. I have an eight-year-old daughter, so I can't imagine. And she loves to read, like literally reads, consumes. She, she, she performs very well above her grade level for reading, which is awesome. But so I can't imagine like going through that and then having a child that, you know, you don't know. So Carol, you're, you know, your, your child you, you think is in the hands of the educator going to school um, and these things happen. So I really love the fact that not only are you bringing more awareness to this, but you're also empowering other children that are going through this to say, hey, listen, we've been there, we've went through it, we know the struggles, and we're here to support you. So I think I really commend you for that and applaud you. I think that's just so, so amazing and so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. We yeah. appreciate that. that. That is really our goal, to inspire and empower the struggling reader. Yes. Uh, so, so let me ask you this. So working with, you know, you, you've got some, some folks who, who come and read for you. You know, you do, you do the reading, you've got kids tuning in that are really kind of part of this tribe and this community that you've developed. What's, um, what's some advice you would give to yeah, some parents probably, cause that's who's tuning in, but some yeah, a parent, a, a, you have an uncles, aunts, grandparents listening in. Um, who may be in the same situation. Uh, what's some advice that you would give maybe uh, things that they could be paying attention to, to notice this, if it's maybe also being misdiagnosed on their own child, uh, but also what they can be doing if it is something that's going on, they're, they're struggling with reading, what should, what should they be doing? Well, I could probably talk for an hour on that. So I'm going to try to be really uh, short and brief. Um, and again, anyone can always reach me through the website if they have other questions. But it's really important when you see your child is, is struggling, um, you need to work with your child um, to try to figure out why. Um, you want to get them tested right away and find out, is it an issue in which um, there's an actual learning challenge there? Um, and as a parent, you need to accept it, embrace it, understand it, and be at peace with it because you are your child's mirror and if you're upset if you're disappointed if you're ashamed that is going to be on your face and when you talk to your child that is how they will feel about themselves and the most important advice i could give to any parent is that we need to help our children to believe in themselves to feel empowered, to be perfect exactly the way they are today. They don't need to be fixed. They're not broken. They are perfect just the way they are, but they might have a different way of learning, and that's okay. So that's number one right there as a parent. We have to be their advocate. We have to understand your child's working so hard, a hundred times harder than it looks like. And so we want to make it fun. We want them to love books. And when you first start to read, it is hard. And when you're struggling, it is 10 times harder. And so if you can make it fun, if you can read to them, make silly voices, have kids read with them, make it exciting, enjoyable adventures, they will themselves realize how great books really are and that they can take them anywhere and they can be anything. And when they have that love inside of them, they will want to learn to read. And if it starts through listening to books, they will eventually learn to read. It might be a little later than someone else, but they will learn. We need to make sure that they love it, that they want to do it, and that they know they can. Right. I was the type of kid who would flip through the book and say <laughs> that I read it 
Um, I know that I personally hated reading growing up just because of all the negative memories and negative feelings associated with it. And, you know, now that I'm uh, much older, I, I see all, all the joy and, and, and greatness that reading offers and, and the, how you can just es- escape your world. And it's really important to associate the positives and not just the negatives. Let me ask you this. So as, as now kind of being in the realm of new, new, new kids come in and, and they want to be part of the tribe uh, and they're just starting out, what, um, what's some advice that the two of you would, would give to, to, a, to a child that's coming in nervous, you know, feeling maybe like what you've been through, Jacob, you know, kind of like, oh, I've, I've been there. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not good enough or you know, my parents maybe have been frustrated with me because I'm not learning fast enough or whatever it may be. But why don't you both share some advice that you would give someone just, just starting out? Right. Um, I think the most important thing is that they know that they are good enough and that, that um, I don't know when I was growing up and I would try my absolute hardest and I would fail at, at, at the stupidest things. Like, like we would have this thing called math minute um, and they would um, basically give us like a sheet of paper and I would have to like answer the amount of questions in one minute. And by the time it was over, I basically finished writing my name. <laughs> Like it was terrible. And, and my teachers would like use that as evidence to why I was bad at math. But, but when I got the right resources and the right support, I mean, I, I finished high school with an A in, with an A in AP calculus. It's not that I was bad at math. It was that it was the wrong approach for me. And so I think that people should know that it's not just because they're struggling in school doesn't make them stupid. Not at all. It just means that that it's the wrong approach. And that's why it's so important to get tested so mm-hmm. you can work with your school to get the accommodations you need. And can I say one thing? Yeah. It's very important for both parents and kids to understand that you ask for every accommodation you're allowed by law and you take it. Right. <laughs> and you tell every kid, take it, embrace it, love it. There's no shame in getting extra help. That's a really good thing. And I know I've heard from many parents who will write in and say, well, I'm too ashamed to tell the teachers that my child has dyslexia. Or a child says, I'm too ashamed to be called out. What I scream out is take every accommodation and be thrilled and be grateful because that is the way to learn and use all of the technology that's out there. There is nothing wrong with it. It works great and it will help you to be able to become the learner that you are and capable are. Many dyslexics are genius IQs. Mm -hmm. They're genius IQs. It's just those little um, elements that are getting in the way and that technology will allow them to immediately resource their intellect. Right. Right. Um, And I would say never see your learning difference as a weakness. I feel like when kids are diagnosed, a lot of times they see all of the things that they do poorly, but they don't see all of their strengths and all of their gifts. Dyslexics, for example, are often very innovative and creative, like Walt Disney and Thomas Edison, they were both dyslexic, but a lot of kids don't know that. And I think it's so important that kids are educated and know that, no, there aren't 
just things. There, there aren't just limits for you. There are so, so many gifts and so many strengths that you are blessed with because you're dyslexic. Right. And there are definitely going to be things that we're just not as good at. There, there are certain things that I, uh, that my brain just won't let, uh, that, like it just will never be the same as someone who doesn't have dyslexia. But that's why it's so important to find what you're passionate about. Because when you're passionate about something, some of those limitations with dyslexia, they don't really get in the way. And instead, your strengths which oftentimes overshine the, the limitations, they really show. I, I actually, I love the fact that both of you kind of brought that to light because that's something that anyone can align with. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, I've run companies and, and me knowing that if I focus on the few things that I'm not good at and really say, oh, look, there's this 5% that I do terribly. <laughs> right. Ignore the 95% of the stuff that I do really well. It's like that's totally not good for any productivity. So I feel like exactly. just in general in life, I mean, both of you are very articulate and speak very well. And, and, and Jacob, I saw uh, one of the videos that you did. I think you, uh, you accepted something. Uh, you were giving a, a speech basically and you spoke very, very well. So I can tell you that, you know, even hearing you both now, not only are you extremely passionate about it, but I think you're defying any odds of the fact that your disabilities have put you at some disadvantage. Um, so, so love that because you've really taken it and sort of made it your superpower. <laughs> yeah. So great. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> so what so what's a common misconception that you know, maybe a fear that people need to get over that maybe you've seen that you can share with us well I think one fear um, both for kids and parents is that I'm not going to learn how to read mm. I can't do it I'm never going to learn I'm barely reading words while people are reading chapters I'll just never get it and Yes, you might learn a little later. In fact, studies show that kids with learning challenges often might learn to read two to three years later than their peers. But once they've learned, they catch up and go beyond. So it's okay. You right. will learn, just like some people learn to walk at a different time. Some people learn to roll over at a different time. There's no right or wrong or correct time to learn. Mm -hmm. You will learn when it is your time. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't be listening to books and love the stories. It's just we're talking about the ability to decode a word on a page. And sometimes parents are only buying books at the level that the child can read. And if you have a fifth grader who has the intellect of a fifth grader and all you do is buy them a book of a second grade level, it's really boring. So you want to combine it with maybe listening to books at or above their level combined with books that they can actually read. Right. But you got to combine both. Right. I mean, for me, I didn't speak until I was two <laughs> and I didn't learn to read until fourth grade. So I was definitely very much behind, but I worked really, really hard to, to catch up. And I, I, it's definitely, again, with that, we touched, um, we touched it a little bit before about like um, some of those misconceptions and like that doesn't make you stupid at all. And there are so many strengths that many people with learning disabilities have. 
Let, let me, um, so, so it's funny because you, you mentioned, so my daughter reads these chapter books all the time. You know, it's like, we need to, we, we run out of them. She reads, it's like, I need more <laughs> chapter books. So I, I did notice you have a YouTube channel where you actually read or you have some guests that read. Um, one of them, I think was like chapter books, you know, decoded or something that you had in there. So tell us about, so, so, so maybe just for those, me, cause I'm kind of uneducated there too, but anyone kind of, so, so the, the, the reasoning behind you actually reading is because that that's helping someone kind of interpret and then essentially they'll be able to maybe be a better reader. What's the, what's the, the YouTube channel about a little bit and then kind of what's, uh, how's that help? Do you want to start with the website? Cause that links to the YouTube channel and talk about the abridged classic novels. Um, yeah. Right. And the right. purpose of why we well, did yeah. classic so, novels. Yeah. It's right. kind of a little bit of a story because, <laughs> um, we chose classic abridged novels, um, um, for a lot of the reasons why my mom actually just said about some of those misconceptions is that, right. um, they're very, very, very interesting stories with very great messages mm -hmm. with them. Um, and, um, also like when we were growing up, our parents read, um, uh, classic novels as well, like um, Anne of Green Gables, for instance. And even though I hated reading, I loved listening to that because I could imagine the story and listen and, and kind of like decode those words in my head. Right. So we really wanted to start with those books because we know that just because a kid isn't ready to decode the words on page, that doesn't mean that they're not fully capable of imagining the story and listening to it. So we wanted to provide those books read chapter by chapter so that any kid anywhere in the world who is struggling can listen at their own time and their own pace. They can pause it if they want to think about it a little bit more. They can skip back right. and um, they can imagine the story however they see it. And right. we really hope that it helps kids move forward in their path to loving reading. Right. When you go to our website, you can you can um, choose from a whole list of classic novels, from a whole list of readers. Um, so you can, we have readers from all, all, all over the place and, and um, um, that we thought that was really important because we wanted anyone who was able to listen to be able to um, bond with the, uh, a reader and kind of identify with them because they could see a reader um, like reading that book and kind of like see them in that place as well growing up. There's another element to the, these classic books. Um, so many of the stories have incredible uh, kids as the main character. Kids who have struggled, who have had very difficult lives and overcame their challenges. Mm -hmm. um, the original books, they're incredible. Some of them are written over 200 years ago. Very difficult to read, especially if you're a young learner. Right. They were, uh, uh, they and were very good. difficult to listen to. Um, and some of them might be a little scary. Right. They were, <laughs> it was back when um, writers were getting paid by the word. So they were very wordy. So we chose um, very uh, user-friendly, abridged classic versions. So this way it was easy for a reader to read and also an easy for a listener to listen to. Um, but it's, these are books that kids aren't reading now, and they should. And it teaches them how to tell a story, how to create characters, how to, to describe settings, things that are so important. Um, and then you also brought in um, a, a, um, a lesson plan. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah. Um, was, we also uh, realized, I mean, during when COVID um, hit everyone and we transitioned to online learning, um, we noticed that so many teachers are kind of panicking, like, what do we do? Um, so we worked really, really hard to create um, a free lesson plan. And I also wanted to stress the fact that everything on our site is free. So we wanted to make sure that no matter who wanted to learn, no matter what their um, like uh, economical status is, it, do it doesn't matter. Like all of our resources are free. And so our lesson plan was something that um, we have vocabulary sheets, we have games that test the vocabulary, we have creative writing exercises, we have active listening questions, and that kind of takes it a step farther um, to also, um, so, so for our Peter Pan, um, our Peter Pan um, audiobook, um, people can listen and then also take that other step of kind of like applying that knowledge. Right. It's listening to the book and applying what they've learned. Right. Um, and we set it to one of our favorite books, Peter Pan, which is read beautifully by one of our amazing volunteers. <laughs> um, and we really hope that these kids can see themselves not only in the characters that they're listening to who have struggled and achieved greatness, but also to the readers who have all struggled in their past and now right. are the ones volunteering reading the books. So. Great, good. So what's, so usually this is my, my, my favorite question I get to ask my guests because uh, it's a chance kind of, I, I ask them to you know, kind of pontificate and give a glimpse into the future. But what I really like the two of you to do is let me know where, where, what you would like to see the future for, for kids read to kids? What, what are your aspirations and ambitions? And, and maybe, you know, give us, give us uh, the audience a little insight there. Right. Well, our goal from the beginning has been to help as many struggling <laughs> readers as possible. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just Go from there. <laughs> I mean, there, we could literally go on forever about different ways we could make that happen. There are so many projects that we can do. Um, but I mean, I know that in five years, we're going to have different ideas and different mindsets. And the things we're thinking now and doing now are going to be completely different. But I know that our goal is always going to stay the same. And we're always going to want to help as many people as possible. And that's why we're so grateful to be on, on your podcast so we can spread our message even, even more and hopefully reach even another person. <laughs> yes. And you never know who's listening in, uh, who knows someone who knows someone as they're listening right. in. So that's the beauty of these types of things, which is why I'm so honored to be able to share a little bit of your story. You mentioned something that I'd like to really touch on for a second is that everything that you, you have, you know, all the content you do, all these things that you're doing, you're doing at no cost to the consumer. So, um, how, how, how do you, how do you, where does funding come from for this? <laughs> um, so, a lot of the funding comes from us, um, but we also um, welcome donations from everyone. We've gotten a couple of donations um, in the past couple of years, which has definitely helped us a lot. And, you know, we appreciate every, every dollar coming in. Yes, and we are a 501c3, so it's nice. So anyone who donates, it's completely tax refundable, if that is the correct phrase. <laughs> yes. The other thing that's, that's nice to know is that everything is done, the kids do themselves. So if you're listening to music on the website, Jacob created that himself. If you see artwork on my youngest son, Ruben, he drew it. If you see pictures taken when my daughter, Julia, took the pictures. If you see blog entries and scripts written and, ed and um, 
videos edited and filmed, that's these guys. Um, there's, we're not going out and hiring professional uh, script writers. Everything is being done by kids for kids. So it's really amazing um, the amount of time and effort that these kids put in. And it's all through a passion of just wanting to help another child. It's all made from love. <laughs> right. And I think that really speaks to the kids because it's definitely a different message coming from an adult or a teacher to a kid rather than from a peer to a peer or a kid to a kid. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that something when people always ask me, you know, how do I find my passion or you know, I want to be, you know, fulfilled. Um, what you're doing is exactly that. There's, there's things you're doing things, something right now that drives you that you can see from both of you. I mean, the three of you, but really from the both of you speaking and how you light up when you talk about stuff that, that this is a passion for you. So you're doing something that you're, you're putting a lot of sweat equity into, uh, that you're doing it for no other reason except to give back and, and you're not making any money. So there's <laughs> that right there. There's no to do something and knowing that there's no financial gain in sight. Uh, truly speaks to real passion. What drives people? What would you, what would you do every day where you know if even though you're not going to get paid, you would do it regardless. Uh, so so I think that that is really not only for the two of you as a kind of a shining example for those that are younger than you, but but also for adults that can learn from that. <laughs> so um, so great. So where where people have tuned in? Um, maybe someone wants to donate. Maybe someone has a child and they want to really learn more. Where are we sending them? Yeah. Well, you can go to our website. It's kidsread2kids.com with the number two. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we have a donate page there. Um, and then you can also, I believe you can donate through our Facebook page, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, there's also what's really important is if a parent or a child wants to be able to um, help and be a reader, um, the kids set up a Kids Read to Kids Facebook book club mm -hmm. that they can join. And it's a private you know, um, Facebook club where kids can upload videos of them sharing their favorite stories. Right. And it's really wonderful. We've got so many incredible kids from all over the world that are doing that. And it's a wonderful way for a parent to help their child become a leader themselves. And more importantly, it's a community where they can just be a part of. Yes, I believe that's 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 important. I think that, that you know I mentioned earlier. You know, I usually say a tribe, but it's surrounding <laughs> yourself with the right people. Surrounding yourself with people who have maybe been where you have been, who were you were who are where you aspire to be someday. And I think you bring that community together. So I think that that's that's a crucial component to growth for sure. Right. Well, we're working hard, and um, you can reach us. Obviously, so we, our Facebook page is at Kids Read to Kids. Mm -hmm. Um, same with our Instagram page and um, our YouTube is also at Kids Read the Kids as well. Um, and then, of course, our website is www.kidsread2kids.com. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> and I will, I will link all that in the, in the show notes as well. So I'll make sure that that's all accessible to everyone. But I really, I was so excited to do this. Carol, thanks again. I'm so oh, glad you know, LinkedIn has been so powerful just to connect with people. So I'm so glad that we connected. I'm so glad that I, I got to share a little bit of the story of Jacob and Alana. And I'm really excited to release this. Um, and and I, I can't wait to, to check in with you in the near future and find out more. So thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much thank for having you. us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to 5 for more information. I'll see you next week.